0: electronic specifier. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of the electronic specifier podcast. This week we'll be talking to Ellie Gallanis from the Cambridgeshire-based Paragraph, a specialist in graphene electronics. Today we're going to be talking about the company's graphene-based sensor technology. Ellie, welcome to today's podcast.
1: Hi Alex. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting us to, to do the podcast uh, again.
0: Which yeah. Is uh, to kick off for our listeners not familiar with Paragraph, can you give us an overview of the company and its technology?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Paragraph all started um, at the Centre for Gallium Nitride at Cambridge University where Professor Sir Colin Humphreys, who's now our Chief Scientific Officer, and Dr. Ivor who's now our Technical Director. It was brought to their attention that, that graphene existed and had this great potential to, to revolutionise electronics. So for, for those who aren't familiar with graphene, it's a one-atom thick sheet of carbon atoms arranged into a hexagonal lattice. Uh, and it's a so-called 2D material because being only one atom thick, it really only occupies space in, in two dimensions. And it's been hailed as a wonder material and for for good reason. Um, It has really remarkable material properties. Um, It's extremely electrically and thermally conductive, it's transparent, it's flexible, it's incredibly mechanically strong and it's very thermally and chemically stable. And any one of those properties would make it really revolutionary when incorporated into electronic devices. But the fact that this warm material has the whole (laughs) lot um, makes it a complete game changer. And so it's for good reason that the uh, scientists, Novoselov and and Gaim, who discovered graphene, were awarded the Nobel Prize in physics for their discovery. So a lot of the potential of graphene has been proven out at laboratory scale, um, demonstrating step changes in really important technologies like biosensors and transistors. And so Colin and Ivo wanted to use their work with gallium nitride to try and make a device that combined graphene with gallium nitride. And to do that, they needed a two-inch diameter piece of device-quality graphene to to combine with their two-inch gallium nitride wafer. And we're really surprised to find out that such a thing didn't exist. So they brought in our now CEO, Dr. Simon Thomas, who had worked in the semiconductor industry for many years and had the right experience in thin film growth to sort of tackle this problem. And with a small grant and uh, some existing university equipment, they set out to find a way to produce large-area, device-quality graphene. Uh, and I've never had the courage to ask them whether, at this point, they appreciated that the likes of Intel and Samsung had uh, collectively spent billions trying to basically solve this problem and get graphene in, and into electronics and not succeeded. But either way, they were confident that they could do it, and they they did. Um, Within two years, they managed to develop um, a new way to grow device-quality graphene on up to 8-inch wafer. Um, They've broken down, basically, the key barrier to getting graphene out of the lab and into the real world. And so, in 2017, Paragraph was spun out at Cambridge University uh, with the goal of doing just that, to to bring graphene electronic devices to real-world applications for the benefit of the global community. So we recently celebrated our third birthday. And the progress of Paragraph over the last three years has really been staggering. Uh, We're now a worldwide team more than 60 people. We're headquartered at our own ISA 9001 accredited research development and production facility based just north of Cambridge. And we're now doing what we set out to do, which is producing and commercialising graphene-based electronics at scale.
0: Wow, um, that's some impressive growth. And... In order to do all this, Paragraph has developed its own proprietary process for graphene fabrication. Can you provide details on this process and how it differentiates itself from conventional graphene production? Yeah,
1: sure. So, um, large area graphene is what you need for electronic devices um, and this is conventionally produced using a chemical vapor deposition technique and um, what that does is it employs a, a copper substrate typically which is used as the catalyst for graphene growth. So. What you end up with is graphene on copper substrate. Now graphene on a conductive substrate is useless for electronic devices. What you want to then do is to transfer that graphene onto the insulating or semiconductor substrate that it needs to be on to make the device. And that's done using a transfer process. And um, So typically what people do is they, they coat the graphene on copper in polymer The copper is then etched away and then the graphene plus polymer can be placed directly onto the desired substrate and the polymer washed away. So as you can imagine, this is um, quite a manual process. It's it's quite difficult to to make large area graphene in this way, uh, in a way that's reproducible and scalable. Um, And crucially, it's still contaminated with copper. And it's because of that copper contamination that the graphene can't be used for semiconductor device fabrication. The copper will just poison the device. And they literally won't let you take that graphene through the doors of a semiconductor fab. So, the challenge to mass production of graphene devices is to get graphene into a format that can be slotted into standard semiconductor production processes. And so, what Paragraph have done is developed a metal organic chemical vapor deposition process which enables us to grow graphene direct onto the semiconductor wafer itself. So we completely eliminate this need for the transfer process, and we can therefore provide graphene that is contamination and copper-free in a format that is compatible with standard semiconductor device processing, so now it can be slotted into uh, the electronic device production process. So it's really exciting technology.
0: Yeah, definitely. Based on this process, Paragraph has already developed a family of Hall Effect sensor devices. What are the operational benefits that Graphene brings to such sensors, and where have they seen deployment so far?
1: Yeah, so Graphene brings about a lot of benefits to sensors in general. Um, For the Hall Effect sensor, the fact that it's a 2D material gives it added benefits. So because we have a, a truly 2D kind of layer of sensing material being used, uh, in the graphene Hall effect sensor. It means that the sensor is impervious to stray fields which are in plane with the sensing layer. Um, and we've been working with CERN's magnetic measurement section to prove that this, that our sensor has what's a, a lack of what's known as the, the planar Hall effect. And the planar Hall effect is common to, to most Hall sensors. It limits the achievable measurement resolution. And you have to compensate for it using various electronic mm-hmm. clever geometries of, of sensors but with with the graphene hall sensor you can just forget about it this is then combined with an extremely low noise so graphene the charge carriers in graphene have a really high mobility and that gives it a really low noise and that means that the whole sensor itself is extremely high resolution and that goes beyond what's achievable with um, conventional hall sensors and into the realms of other more sophisticated magnetic sensing technologies. And you get this resolution alongside a really wide measurable field range in a small low power package, um, which is robust to environmental extremes. So for example, the GHS is robust to extremes of cryogenic temperatures. And so many of our customers so far have been those working in high energy physics and low temperature physics and people who are making equipment for those scientists. But we're also working on a high temperature version. Um, so we've got a project at the moment collaborating with Rolls-Royce and TT Electronics and the Compound Semiconductor Applications Catapult, where we're aiming for operation in excess of 180 degrees C, which would take it beyond, what most, again, what most small sensors are capable of. In addition to that, we've also been working with the UK's National Physical Laboratory um, to put the sensors through the paces in terms of their radiation tolerance. Now, graphene itself should be radiation-hard, and the results show that it is, um, and so there's now potential to um, produce radiation-tolerant graphene hall sensors, uh, which opens up the way to sort of space and nuclear applications. So the upshot is that the, the GHS series of graphene hall sensors offers opportunities not just to do jobs that existing hall sensors can do better, um, but to do completely new things the, that weren't before possible.
0: Wow. So following on from these successes, um, Paragraph is now taking its Hall effect sensor technology to the automotive sector, I believe. Um, more specifically, to EV battery analysis, can you give us the details on this?
1: Yeah, so one of the most exciting things we've discovered is that the GHS is capable of measuring the magnetic fields produced by currents flowing into, out of and within battery cells. Now, this opens up really new opportunities for battery cell analysis, quality control and screening, and in- in-service monitoring maybe for-, for battery cells. And having worked with some academic and industrial partners over the past year or so to understand how these sensors would be used in the sort of battery setting, we've developed and launched a new GHS variant, the ghs 180 which has been optimised for use in these battery measurement applications. And alongside that, we've also launched a um, our GHS Array Starter Kit, which is basically a plug-and-play solution that allows users to easily connect to uh, up to eight GHS sensors at once and uh, collect um, data simultaneously from those eight GHS sensors so that you can deploy multiple sensors at once to, for example, map the current density distribution across pouch cells during charge or discharge or battery cell testing. So it's, it's, again, a really exciting area for us to move into, and, and we're, we're really happy to launch these products to try and service
0: that. Yeah, definitely. It sounds excellent. What are the particular reasons why a graphene-based sensor will be of such value in this context?
1: So at the moment, people carrying out battery R&D, they can measure the total internal resistance of a battery cell but they can't directly see how this changes locally so point to point across the cell itself they can't look at what's going on inside the cell in terms of its current density and internal resistance and so to do this they they typically carry out local temperature measurements and use temperature changes as a proxy for changes in cell internal resistance or conversely current density this is an indirect measurement of changes in Internal resistance and temperature changes are kind of delayed with respect to the actual change in resistance. So it's an indirect and sort of delayed way of trying to see what's going on inside the cell itself. However, it turns out that the currents flowing in battery cells produce magnetic fields in the range of microteslas to milliteslas, and this is the sweet spot for our graphene hall sensor. Um, The graphene hall sensor is the only magnetic sensing solution which has both the required resolution and the measurable field range to be able to pick up on the full range of these fine changes in magnetic fields that battery cells produce. And being impervious to stray fields, thanks to the lack of plane Hall effect, and having a small footprint also aids in both the sort of field and spatial resolution of these measurements. The response of the GHS is also really fast, so it's much faster than the temperature sensors being used. So again, you get a direct and instantaneous view of local changes in current density and resistance occurring inside battery cells. And this means that things like early signs of the development of hotspots can be detected, which is critical for the development of, of safe battery technologies for electric vehicles. So the, the measurements are completely isolated from the battery and test setup. So they can be used to collect supplementary data during testing. Uh, without interfering with the battery cells themselves or with existing test equipment. Um, So all in all, it's the perfect tool for the job, and this is really exciting from a a battery tech point of view.
0: So what forms of testing and analysis could be derived from using these GHS01AT sensors?
1: Yeah, so we see kind of three main areas uh, which the, the GHS01AT could address. The first is obviously research and development, so people who are Investigating different battery cell chemistry derivatives and form factors can use this the, the sensors to look at fine details of cell aging processes and failure mode analysis. As I said, they can identify and locate early signs of, of hotspot formation. They can do isolated current measurement at the anode and cathode tabs of cells. So at the moment, they have to use inline shunt resistors to measure the, the current flow into and out of cells, and that kind of interferes with the. The performance of the battery this is a way to do it in an isolated way uh, without interfering with the battery we've also got people working on packs of of cells so multiple cells are built into a battery pack and then being able to monitor the current flowing into and out of individual cells and looking at how individual cells age relative to the others is also an area of interest what we also see the, the sensors being used for is a kind of non-destructive testing means for, as a quality control, so you can imagine having an, an arrays of, of GHS sensors that you would place onto a cell, you'd image it and make sure that there aren't any defects there and then you could move on to the next cell and you can very quickly screen multiple cells before they get built into a bigger pack or module. And in the same way, there's a lot of work going on at the moment in the battery space for finding ways to repurpose batteries. So. An electric vehicle battery will be um, taken out of an electric vehicle when it reaches about 80% um, capacity. But those batteries are still good for applications like home. So there's a lot of repurposing work being done, but there isn't currently a good bit of equipment that can kind of rapidly screen and sort cells without destroying them in some way. And so again, we think a razor GHS could be used for this screening and sorting process in the reuse um, applications. And then finally, if it does turn out that you can pick up on early signs of ageing hotspot formation in cells, they could be used for in-service monitoring of cells in electric vehicles to improve electric vehicle safety, which is one of the key areas of concern for batteries at the moment.
0: Excellent, and do you already have EV manufacturers doing trials with these sensors?
1: So yeah, so we're working with several key players in this area, but we can't give out any details at this stage. Their work with our sensors has, as I said, helped with the development of um, a suitable sensor and the array Starter Kit. And there's been a lot of interest and excitement from these early adopters about the possibilities of this new capability. Early results are demonstrating real promise, so we've confirmed some theoretical predictions and we've unveiled some interesting and unexpected effects, so I'm sure um, publications will follow
0: Excellent. hope to hear more in the future. Entry into the automotive market is going to mean the paragraph will be dealing with unit numbers that are much higher than with your previous projects, and that's several orders of magnitude higher. Does that pose difficulties in terms of keeping up with customers' volume demands and production deadlines?
1: So, uh, yeah, as as you say, over the past couple of years, we've been really working with the more niche high-end markets but during that time, we've been ramping up our production capacity and working on our production and sort of sales order processing. Uh, so we're ready to meet a higher market demand. And, and we have the, the in-house capacity already to, to meet the expected demand for the next few years. And we'll continue to, to scale in line with this.
0: Excellent. Um, and do you see other mass market opportunities for your graphene-based electronics devices? And if so, where do you in- envisage initial tran- traction will come from?
1: Yeah, so I think there are lots of opportunities for the Graphene Hall sensor, um, given its performance and, and just generally given the way that technology is moving. So we've got this kind of electric revolution that's happening at the moment. And these new electric technologies, which are being deployed in energy generation, aerospace, marine, automotive, they all have tougher and tougher sensing requirements. And so new, more advanced and more robust sensing solutions are required. And that's what our Driving the Electric Revolution grant with Rolls Royce, GT, and CSAC is all about, which I mentioned earlier. In this project, we're working to implement a supply chain for graphene hall effect sensors to be used in high temperature power electronics, electric machines, and drives within the aerospace sector. Um, so, this project is demonstrating that the graphene hall sensor will operate reliably up to at least 180 degrees C. And this allows them to be mounted within the machine or power module enclosure itself, which has not been possible before and that in turn enables more greater flexibility in the design of new PEMG equipment. So in particular the ability to monitor current levels more accurately and reliably then enables better overall system control which then in turn reduces the size and weight and helps to divide more efficient electric engine systems. So as well as the battery and electric vehicle markets currently being addressed. We predict widespread uptake in markets such as aerospace, marine, space applications. Um, we'll be delivering a whole line of GHS sensors um, tailored to meet the needs of these markets.
0: Excellent. Um, Thank you so much, Ellie. That's just about all we have time for today. But it was great to hear about what you guys are up to at Paragraph, and I can't wait to see where you go next. Uh, so thank you for your time, and thank you to everyone who listened in. Thank you
1: very much. Electronic specifier.